Hi everyone, it's Ricardo. Guess what? We've got an exciting new opportunity for the Popping Collars universe. Have you ever listened to us and thought, I could do that? These guys don't even know what they're talking about. Have you ever had an idea for a podcast, but you just didn't know how to get it off the ground? Or have you started working on a podcast just to find that your only audience is your mom and your dog? Well, starting this year, we are beginning a special offering called Popping Collars Plus. Here's how it works. If you've got a podcast that's somewhere in the neighborhood of religion and popular culture, send us your recording and we will possibly host it on our feed, the longest running Episcopal feed of all time with thousands of downloads per month. It's an opportunity to get your voice to a wide audience and get that potential booster shot of listeners that you've always wanted. And we get the benefit of hearing from more diverse voices from around the religious world. So it's a win-win. So if you want to take advantage of Popping Collars Plus, just send an email and MP3 submission to poppingcollarspodcast at gmail.com. And we will review your offering and possibly put you on the feed. We're looking forward to hearing from all you creative souls. So keep those microphones humming and keep those collars Hi, I'm Greg. And I'm Betsy. And this is Going on 30, a Popping Color side project where... My voice is my passport. Verify me. <laughs> Craig. <laughs> oh, I just gave it away. You just gave it away. <laughs> now everybody has my password. I got to change my password on all my devices. Oh, yeah. How do you change your password in that case? Just put on a funny accent. <laughs> That's right. Right? Like a terrible like Italian. You know, like, what do you do? How do you change passport? <laughs> my Sorry. voice is my passport. Verifying. I don't even know what accent that was. What was that? <laughs> that was like uh, part robot, part Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay, so it, was, so it was the Terminator. Okay, got it. All right, sure. Good job, Greg. Oh, for movies that were nominated or should have been nominated for Best Picture 30 years ago this month. We're looking at sneakers. This LTX-71 concealable mic is part of the same system that NASA used when they faked the Apollo moon landings. Work for them. Shouldn't give us too many problems. They break and enter. How are we doing? Cause and position on the fire escape. Mothers in the cable vault. Preparing to sever master circuit. But they're not thieves. We're getting too old for this. They know your secrets. But they're not spies. It's gotta be there somewhere. What's he doing? Really? Mr. Bishop, do you mind if I take a look? Carl, grow up. I give you something to work, baby. So people hire you to break into their places to make sure no one can break into their places? It's a living. Not a very good one. Now they've got a new client. National Security Agency. I don't work for the government. Relax, Marty. It's just everybody on your team has had some sort of problem in their past. Now what do you say? The NSA killed Kennedy? No, they shot him, but they didn't kill him. He's still alive. They may not want the job. Liz, I need your help. 
I will not be dragged back into your world. But they don't have a choice. We don't want to bust you. We want to hire you. We're the good guys, Marty. Can't tell you what a relief that is, Dick. Your job is to find that little black box. We got it. There's a war out there, old friend. A world war. Oh, my God. How is this possible? It's not about who's got the most bullets. It's about who controls the information. Anybody want to shut down the Federal Reserve? Hey, don't wait, screw wait, around wait, with that wait, thing. Wait. It's all about the information. So it's the code breaker. No, it's the code breaker. Battle stations, do you have the item? Can you guarantee my safety? Where is the item? Can you guarantee my safety? Martin, you've got trouble. Here, maybe this might help. Old buddy of mine who was in Desert Storm sent it to me. Of course, he was on the other side. Now give me the box, Martin! I'm an excellent marksman, woman. I'm Carl. There's a fire escape at the end of the North Corridor. Go directly north, directly north, about 30 yards. <laughs> Five seconds. Hang up, fish. Hang up. They've almost got us. A bad name for a title. This isn't a great. This isn't a great. It's not a great title because it makes you think of somebody like with their arms kind of prone and like mm. a T Rex kind of like tiptoeing across a floor. Yeah. No. Nah. Right. Or 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 it makes me think of a pair of like red Converse shoes, which then makes me think of like Pat Adams. And that's not yeah. What well. My brief description of the movie has something. Does it use the word sneakers? It does. You know, so maybe this will help explain why that's the title of the movie. Okay, Okay. brief description of the movie. When shadowy U.S. intelligence agents blackmail a reformed computer hacker. Spoilers, by the way. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. I know, right? Sorry. (laughs) And his eccentric team of security experts into stealing a code-breaking black box from a Soviet-funded genius, they uncover a bigger conspiracy. Now, he, that would be the reformed computer hacker from the first sentence. That's hard to pronounce. That is is not. (laughs) There are a lot of dudes in this movie. That's right. There is one... Woman in this film. <laughs> That's right. Come on. Okay. <laughs> now he, that would be he, meaning Robert Redford here. People, okay, thank you. And his sneakers, in quotation. <laughs> no, none of them like this. Would like this nickname. None of them use this nickname. Nope. Sidney no. Poitier. Is not called a sneaker. No, no. Oh my God, the word sneaker is so Ugh. far beneath Sydney Poitier. Ugh. Okay, Thanks, now man. he and his sneakers must save themselves and the world economy by oh. retrieving the box from their blackmailers. Um. So, what is your history with this movie, Betsy? So, I don't know if again. I do not know if I saw the movie in the theater. That's the way I start all of these things out. But definitely, I have said, you know, when we chatted about this movie before, yeah. that this is a movie you could watch with your parents. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I do believe that I 
watch this movie with my parents. This would be on cable. Um, but I do remember that I was a big, even as a child, I'm younger person. I really, I've, I've been a Robert Redford stan. Like I even was like, ooh, the Sundance catalog. Oh, like because wow. he was involved. I liked Robert. Redford. I really liked the Natural. Okay, like that was really my first. Yeah, I was like, wow, this guy is—he is really cool. And then later, found like Butch Cassidy, but I also really liked Paul Newman as well. So you know, there's a genre that I'm a little weak in the knees for. You, you can take Tom Cruise all day. No, what guys? What level of Robert Redford? Because there's this Robert Redford, which is like Mm -hmm. all American Robert Redford. You know? uh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I'm gonna put on a serape coat, right? And like am, be am, in in the West. Yes, generally. I am aged Brad Pitt. Right? Is yeah. this yeah. this version yeah. of Robert? Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. It feels oh. far safer. Another movie that came out either this year or came out in 1993. I can't remember mm-hmm. this year being you know the movies of 1992. Yes. Um, indecent proposal. Robert Redford. So sinister, creepy. No, I mean, I watched Indecent Proposal Uh because, you know, it was a hot film, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody was talking about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know whether I bought that Robert Redford, Mm. but I was going to watch it. Okay, then. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, so that's kind of my, and I just, we can all know, we all know me. Mm-hmm. I love a movie where an unlikely group of people get oh, together yep. and they're pushing back against something that is just bigger than them. Yep. And like, what are they going to do? You know, they're an unlikely band of heroes that are going to solve a really difficult problem. Okay. Misfits, if you will, a la Twister. Mm hmm. So I think there's definitely that there's an intergenerational thing happening in this cast, you know, all those things. So that, but, but that, and that's really what can make this a movie you could watch with, with a parent, right? right. Like a family movie night type thing. So actually we did, we, I, when I rewatched this, it was an intergenerational movie night with my 16 year old mm-hmm. and my mother, who is now in her late seventies. Mm-hmm. And we watched it together. It was great. And everybody was entertained. Everybody was entertained. Everybody was entertained. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's like the it's like the Barbie of its time, you know. I mean, we also (laughs) all went to go see Barbie too. (laughs) I'm telling you, Greg. Oh wow. It's working on all the levels. Exactly. Hitting all the quadrants. Hitting it all. Um, I would say that, yeah, so similar, um, I think that I saw this movie in, uh, youth group, church youth group. Church youth group? Yeah, this would have been one of the church youth group movies. So it would have been this, it would have been, um. It's PG-13. Searching for Bobby Fisher. Okay. Classic youth group movie. Mm -hmm. Princess Bride. Classic mm-hmm. youth group movie. Okay. Okay. Oh, the Indian uh, Last Crusade. Last Crusade was a good classic youth group movie. 
Anyway, what this movie is, is a heist movie. And I love yep. heist movies. So that's love one of the reasons uh, why uh, this came in. So what are, what are your general thoughts about the movie? Initial takes. I love this cast. I, I'm interested in the full negotiation. Kind of what, how, where everybody was in their career. Right. That we got everybody for this movie. So there's there's not a miss. Like the the bottom name probably would have been Strathairn, right? David Strathairn. Yeah. This would have been I believe this this feels like the first time I noticed. Yeah. Him. Yeah. But I mean, you know, he's been in Academy Award winning films since then. So like he's Yes. You know, he's fine. He's he's a name actor. So it's like, right. Yeah, it's it's like every level you're hitting, you know, and you can you can debate Dan Aykroyd and whether Dan Aykroyd is a big deal. He was just nominated for Best Supporting Actor the year before. So this is true. You know, this is true. Maybe you're getting Dan Aykroyd at a very particular moment in his career. So the the cast is uh is great. Yeah. It's really great. And yeah. I also think it's because you know we're looking at a movie that is directed by a writer. Right. So this is our second Phil Alden Robinson movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So so I love that. I like the way they interplay and play off each other. I like the I like the the chemistry of the cast and all of that. I thought that Did he did he write Field of Dreams? It just seems like he should have a bigger career, you know? It's like, I wonder what happened to Phil Alden Robinson. Because he's not, like, a name that you would know. Well, what he's been doing is killing it on The Good Wife. Oh. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah. He has been doing a ton of TV. So he's been doing... kind of like Barry Levinson. He He did the good fight. Mm-hmm. As well, he's actually wrote the 2009 Academy Awards. He was a writer on that, one of the writers. Wow! Uh, so he's been doing he's been doing a lot of television. I enjoyed the just the datedness enough of this. The, I the, yeah. the tech rollout stuff mm-hmm. was really fun because mm-hmm. part of me is like, you know, we watch movies and TV all the time where it's like, yeah, fingerprints don't really work like that or, right. you know, whatever. Like there's a collapsing of technology just to kind of make things work. And then we have, we've had conversations where if there's a cell phone involved in this, it would ruin everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here, you know, we're tech is a focus because that's what these guys do. And so I'm like, you know, is the, the body heat thing you know, actually, right. is that what you would actually have to do, or is, is it not, you know, like, all that kind of stuff. Like, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that. Bish, what did it sound like? What? The road. When you were in the trunk, what, what did the road sound like? Oh, I don't... Highway, a regular highway. Well, did, did you go over any speed bumps? Uh, gravel? Uh, how about a bridge? Bridge? Yeah. Four bridges in the Bay Area. Was the Golden Gate fogged in last night? Yes. Did you hear a foghorn? No. Scratch the Golden Gate. That leaves three. What did it sound like? Did you go through a tunnel in the middle? I'm not... No. Scratch the Bay. Well, that leaves two. 
San Mateo and Dunbarton. What did it sound like? Lower. Lower. There was a recurring sound. Like seams in the concrete. Further apart. And yeah. even the hacker stuff, it was like, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't too dissimilar from like what John Connor was doing in Terminator Two, where it yeah. almost feels like a magic trick. You know, you're like, yeah. oh, it's the internet and computers, and I'm a hacker, mm-hmm. and so I can do whatever I want to. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, <laughs> sure. You know, but then we're still dealing with again, you know, an answering machine holdover from our last conversation about singles. We're still holding around with this giant answering machine that I is had, you know, the black box. Yeah. I had one of those. The double tape. Yeah, right? with the big tape. I had the big tape version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and just those the the readout when you know it's like pause there. It's like <laughs> You know, put in air traffic control, you know, and then there it is. Um, You know, whether it's what it sounds like. Like, I remember that, that, you know, slow it down, you know, that that when, you know, he's in the trunk of the car, records in the trunk of the car, and trying to fabricate to figure out where he is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I heard it sound like a cocktail party. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, all that stuff. I also think that there could be, and I'm going to, I have two nods to a podcast I really love, which is how did this get made? Mm-hmm. Um, one is uh, they've joked about doing like a, uh, you know, like ladies of the nineties podcast and Mary McDowell has got to be on there. She does a great job playing off of Redford. They have great chemistry. Yeah. Really well done. Also, there should be a movie about, just who are the ponytail people in movies? Oh, they are we talking Kingsley? Be, We're talking. Oh, they tend to be bad. The Kingsley ponytail. Yeah, it's going to throw you off a little bit. Yeah, it's but very weird. Kingsley is a master of accents. He does a great job stepping into that that kid's accent. You know, from yeah. wherever the hell it is that they're in college together, right? <laughs> right. Um, right. So. Uh, so I, I I thought I thought he was he was a really he's a good bad guy. He's a great bad guy. He, the performance yeah. is very weird. It's a very <laughs> weird. He is he's an odd duck. <laughs> the suit is very big. It is giving me some player vibes. <laughs> but yeah, that's a player suit. You're in a that player is. suit. What about you? So I've got a few. I've got a few yeah. quick quick. Initial yeah. takes on this. Yeah. Uh, you talked about the cast. One of the things that I wrote down is that this is like a superb that guy fest that's happening in this movie. So, like what do you mean? A lot of that guy actors, actors that maybe you don't know their names, but you know that guy, right? So, the epitome of a that guy is a Stephen Tobolowski who shows yeah, up. Absolutely. Like, Oh, you know, it's that guy from Groundhog Day and 
Or a uh, Timothy Timothy Busfield. I got Timothy Busfield on the that guy list. Yeah. Yes. Timothy yes. Busfield must be good friends with Phil Alden Robinson. <laughs> He's been showing up in a lot of these things. Yeah. Uh, I got Timothy Busfield on the that guy. I got Donald Logue on the that guy. Yeah. For this early in his career, Donald Logue would have been a that guy. It may just be me. This feels like a Soderbergh movie to me. Huh. Also, I don't know. Like this, the sexy parts of it feel, you know, a little hot. Even though the even though it's usually just people talking to each other, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the high stuff feels sophisticated. You know, feels like somebody's put some thought into this. They haven't just like thrown a bunch of words into a hat and shook it around and pulled out like you know, an uh, uh, an action scene or a heist scene. It has cool vibes. You know how Soderbergh's got that level of cool to everything that he sort of yeah. does. It has, it has that cool vibe to it. And it may just be because I'm just transferring Ocean's Eleven heist stuff mm. onto this heist stuff. But Well, and the dialogue is, is good, so you hang on, right? Mm-hmm. Even though, like, there was one point, you know, I guess they're firing through the ceiling at Redford's character. And Ruby's like, are they going to kill him? And I'm like, don't you know the formula? No, obviously they're not going to kill him. It's like, don't you know the formula? Nobody's going to like unexpectedly bite it, right? Like that is not no. this movie. No. It's not this movie. You're not tuning in to be like, oh, there's the this well-known a cat. You know, we can lose somebody along the way. Like so, and no, that is not the early nineties. No, this thrillomedy. This is not how a thrillomedy works. Come on, could you imagine watching Twister and one of those guys gets like sucked up by a tornado? Come on. Oh, suddenly somebody kills River Phoenix's character. (laughs) Like Carl dies. No. 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 Come on. Yeah, I, I, I may just be transferring. Um one heist onto another, but it did kind of feel like that to me. It felt familiar. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. Betsy. What? Oh. I've got a list here of what? the top five movie heists of all time. Oh, no, you don't. Greg's top five movie heists. Uh, okay. Sorry, all right. Um, I'm guessing there's an honorable mention. Honorable mention. Which is? Netflix television show. That tells you right up front what it's all about. It's Money Heist. Money, Money Heist, Heist. Which is the Spanish show available yeah, on Netflix. Love, people love that show. It's great. We talked about it on PCTV. Me and Ryan talked yeah, about it. Yeah, so, people love that show. Uh, I had never watched it before this past January. Watched it for the first time. Sucked it all up, man. All three seasons. I just banged them out over the course of like a weekend it was great um saving it for the strike viewing. you know can never you, you can't keep me away from a good heist so okay all right okay all so right. number five number five speaking of Soderbergh I've got the robbery from out of sight so George Clooney Ving Rames mm. stealing diamonds from Albert Brooks Don Cheadle being creepy and murderous this is Lopez, right? Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, and Jennifer Lopez 
kind of playing the middle, right? She's kind of helping George Clooney, but she's also trying to bust him. Right. Look at that it's fun. Going. Yeah. It's fun. Okay, number four. Number four, it's a classic. It's the vault scene from Mission Impossible, where he's going That's after the knocklist. It's really never good. been it's never been bested in any of the Mission Impossible movies. That's it's a great scene. Oh it's my god. The theater, I remember the first time watching that movie, and the theater was dead quiet the entire time while he's yeah. like narrowly avoiding falling to the floor and yep getting busted yeah yep yeah that again like we've talked about tropes that end up everywhere like Mm -hmm. that was then spoofed on the mtv movie awards why there was a rat in the like in the ductwork with jean renault in like the air the um the air what sort of place is this I know it's like it. It's the most secure place ever, but they've got rats in their air conditioning. Who knows? I don't. I mean, it shows the durability of rats potentially. (laughs) All right, number three. Number three is the switcheroo in Jackie Brown when Mm, Pam Greer switches out the bag of cash for the bag of books, and Sam Jackson is a sucker and gets duped by Jackie. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right, two. Two, it's got to be the Ocean's Eleven casino heist that you think is going wrong the whole time, but it's actually going according to plan the whole time. Yeah, love it. I love it. Love it. Ooh, this makes me interested. What's number one, then? Number one, you know what it's got to be, Betsy? It's the downtown L.A. robbery in Heat. Oh, it's it's true. (laughs) When do we get to watch Heat? When's that coming? We are two years away from Heat. Oh, but it's coming. Uh, Val Kilmer. Coming. We'll see how many Al times Pacino. we can bring up heat before we get to watch it. <laughs> just Michael Mann just it. shooting on the streets of L.A., downtown L.A. So good. Face close up. I remember that movie because I and I, you have to remind me again when we watch it that I think I might have sat too close. Oh, it was a lot of close face shots. I think I got a little motion sickness during that movie it's a lot and al's like over the top in it you're all up in al's face a lot of times yeah yeah i will say now that we're mentioning al pacino also came up on uh how did this get made and they were talking about the the gimme oscar you know when you win for the thing that right the son of a woman, yeah. That's son of a woman doing. was a gimmick, yeah. 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 Uh, okay, so what's the best scene from Sneakers? It's gotta be the dinner. So what about travel? Where do you like to go? Europe? Mexico? Uh, I don't know. I've never been out of the country. Look, I think they want us to leave. Sit down, Mark. <laughs> oh, talk to me. You know what? I really love the sound of your voice. Really? I always thought it was kind of nasal and pinched. Oh, no, not at all. It's lovely. And um, there's this one word. I've always loved the sound of this word. Oh, oh no. No, what? Oh, no, you wouldn't. No, no I would. I, I would. Never what? mind. No. What? Please. Oh, what? All right. <laughs> I would really like to hear you say the word passport 
passport? Oh. <laughs> you know, you're right, we ought to leave. Uh, Doris? Would you like to have breakfast with me? Sure, fine. Shall I phone you or nudge you? Check, please. Oh. Which she's gotta get the words. Mm -hmm. I just there. I I really another awkward dinner scene. Awkward. (laughs) And yeah, she's he's she's barely sat down and he's hopping up to go to the the buffet. (laughs) And and it's just well done. It's just it's well done. And what I love too is that they don't give us a ton of background. Right. On Mary McDowell and Bishop's like relationship. Mm-hmm. Cause she just hops right into this business. Oh yeah. It's, yeah. It feels like the rest of the team sees this as a bad idea, but they're willing to go with it. They're willing to go with it because they're in an impossible spot. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because they're he's kind of put them spot. in an impossible situation. Yes. He has. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I am with you. I love the dinner scene. Yeah. Uh, my best scene is the too many secrets scene. Well, what was that? Go back one. All right. Holy cow. What the hell is this? Too many secrets. Fish. I think you better come over here. Carl, you got your little black book? Yes. Give me the number for something impossible to access. Okay. What about this Federal Reserve Transfer Node Call Pepper, Virginia? Yeah, sure, good luck. 900 billion a day goes through there. That'll do. Punch it in. Okay. You won't get in. It's encrypted. Mother, that last contact. <sighs> Look at this, boys. Anybody want to shut down the Federal Reserve? <laughs> hey, 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 don't wait, screw wait, around wait, with wait, that wait, thing. Carl, what else you got? National Power Grid. You know, when the music starts to ramp up and people start to, like, figure out pieces of the puzzle and how mm-hmm. things are starting to fit together. Yeah. I just I love those moments in movies where... Me too. Me too. Because it leads up to them having to vacate the space. Right. Yeah. Like, that sort of urgency. I like when, especially when you can go from, hey, we did it. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're all sitting here as the movie watching audience going... This movie's only halfway over. So we know it's not over. And you would know that these guys, they have played enough not by the rules Mm -hmm. that they're just going to sit there. Why they have to sit there overnight with this thing as well is an odd plot point. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't the guy be like, yes, and I will meet you tonight. I will come there tonight. (laughs) Timothy Busfield will be like, all right. Why are we doing like a meetup? Yeah. Tomorrow afternoon, 
Right. Like, I don't know. Timothy Busfield and the and the older guy, like they got to get their beauty sleep or something, I guess. Yeah, I because know. because that that building is about to be demoed in <laughs> like three days. <laughs> you know, and like, oh, you know, yeah, tomorrow at four. Yeah. We'll see you in your cute convertible <laughs> with your mom calling on the, on the, car, the giant to- car phone. I would love to see them like negotiating hours with Ben Kingsley where where Ben Kingsley's like, okay, so once he gets the thing, I want you to meet him and get it from him. And Timothy Busfield like, well, that's going to be overtime. Are you going to pay me overtime for this? Yeah, like, what's going on? <laughs> like, get us together. Like, and, no, I'm not uh, going to pay you overtime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your best performance from the movie? I'm going David Strathairn. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I like Whistler as kind of the linchpin as the as an actor. Uh-huh. He was allowed to work with that character. Yeah. I and mean, that's just, a really yeah. good pick. He's really solid. Yeah. I love the driving scene. Driving like, scene is great. Like, all right. <laughs> and 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 you know, there's part of me again going back to the disability ability, all the right. sort of conversation. Where it's played for comedy. Right. Well, but at the same time, they're up a creek. Like, exactly. There is no they, other choice. There's no, no other saw option. you in the van. Like, and there's just, there's just the right amount of panic on David Strathern's yes. face. Yes. It's like, yes. it's, it, you know, he's going to do it, but he doesn't really like it. But, he's, <laughs> but he knows he has no options. You right. Know? So. And the way his the way his questions cut through rooms, you know, mm-hmm. when everybody else is getting in a swivet, he just kind of will come in and be like, "But what did it sound like? But right. what is this?" Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I I think I'm gonna be lame and fall back on the Sydney Poitier performance, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. you know, I mean, listen, the man is a gift to American yeah. acting. Yep. He's tremendous. Like what can be said about Sidney Poitier? But I think um I think probably what I appreciate about it is that you know, this is Sidney Poitier. He can pick whatever you know, whatever project he wants, he can pick, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is just a really fun, you know, popcorn at the movies like straight up you know it's a movie movie it's just a fun yeah. down the middle thing and he's given it he, all of his sydney poitier for like this silly mm-hmm. little film that's not gonna amount to much he's given it everything that he's got which i i think is lovely yeah he's really allowing good. you know dan Aykroyd to wind him up in a way that feels very real mm-hmm. you know and legitimate just a consummate professional that guy Real yeah, pro. I mean, at this point, he's taking whatever he feels like doing, yeah. right? Yeah. I I should also just add, River Phoenix is totally charming in this movie. Oh. He's so, he's so innocent and sweet and charming. It, you know, 10 out of 10. Yeah. No notes. Yeah. Good job. No notes. Uh, okay, Betsy, I've got some stats about this movie. Ooh, stats, 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 stats. Do I have stats? There they are. Okay. Sneakers opened on September 9th, 1992. Happy. Another back to school movie. Labor Day. Yeah, I was about to say. (laughs) Back to school. 
Back to school. Okay. Didn't our last movie open did singles open that same weekend? So no, singles was the week after. So this okay. came out September okay. 9th. So singles came out the next week. Okay. The week after this. Interesting, Interesting, right? Like this is a huh. fascinating time to be at the movies. Uh this day in 90210. We have arrived at season three, episode seven, titled A Song of Myself. A song of myself. Uh, in this episode, as they begin their senior year. Ugh. Just like me, because I was the same year as that in school, Greg. <laughs> yes. Class nice. of 93. As they begin their senior year, Brandon becomes editor of the school newspaper. And Andrea accuses their faculty advisor of sexism. Uh-oh. Because she, she doesn't get picked. That's right. We all know we all know she should have gotten a... Wait, there was something wrong with that guy, right? Like, or was that the college guy? I can't remember. The high school guy, I think, was okay. The high school Andrea like... Andrea attracts men. So okay. That are poor choices. There was a storyline in 90210 where the newspaper faculty person was problematic i don't think it was this guy <laughs> i think it was the college guy the college newspaper guy i think but anyway at that point was it a faculty person or was it a student well they see now it's it's all starting to blend in my head all i know i is really as long, we'll just Brandon's have to wait till charge. we get to that episode yeah. which he shouldn't be Brandon's in charge, and this guy... No one harder than Andrea. This faculty advisor, he's just trying to push her, right? He's just trying to challenge Andrea in this scenario. <laughs> just want Whatever. you to be the best. You know, that he's going to say something like that. All right. Uh, sneakers had a domestic gross of $51 million, making it the number 30 grossing movie of 1992. Okay. That sounds about right. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I don't know whether that covers the salaries of these people, but okay, sure. <laughs> it is the number 1,775th top grossing movie of all time between okay. a Cinderella story. I think that's a Disney, oh, like a uh, Disney TV, like uh, not Hannah Montana. Oh. Who's the other one? Who's the other? Uh, who's the other Disney person? Like uh, not Zendaya. Not... Is it not? It's not a Cinderella story. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. A Cinderella story. Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff. That Disney girl. Yes. Duff. Routinely exploited by her wicked stepmother, the downtrodden Samantha Montgomery, is excited about the prospect of meeting her internet beau at the school's Halloween dance. Awesome. That sounds like a Hillary Duff movie if I've ever heard one. Ever. Yeah, it's her and Chad Michael Murray. Awesome. <laughs> Welcome okay. to the early 2000s. Yes, she is wearing a very pretty dress and he's giving her a piggyback ride. She has almost a crown on, but she's wearing pink Converse. Beautiful. All right. Yep. So you Got get it. a Cinderella story, you get sneakers, okay. and you get like Mike, which I'm going to assume is a Michael Jordan, not biopic. Which but like, year? 
Are there multiple it, like mics? Well, there's like mic two. There's no, I like not, mic. This is like mic one. Two thousand twos. Okay, that probably like sounds Mike, accurate. Jonathan Lipnicki is involved in this film. Right. Um, okay, so yes, it this is, is the Lil Bow Wow movie. Yes, yes, this is the one. A thirteen-year-old orphan becomes an NBA superstar after trying on a pair of sneakers with the faded initials MJ inside awesome. them. Basically saying that Michael Jordan is not actually talented. He just has magic shoes. <laughs> and Jonathan Lipnicki. Oh, we got some Eugene Levy in this movie. Oh, there's a little Morris Chestnut. You know who I don't see? Crispin Michael Glover? Jeffrey Jordan. Crispin Glover? <laughs> and oh, wow. Mira? Okay, and Mira. All right. Okay. Robert Forrester? Jesse Plemons. Wow. Okay. What is happening in this movie? <laughs> Alan Iverson. So all right. Horse. Okay. So you get like you get a Cinderella story, sneakers, oh like Mike. I'm gonna flirt with like Mike. Okay. Even though that might get me put in prison. All right. But I'll flirt with the adult. Then I'm going to murder a Cinderella story, <laughs> and I will marry sneakers. Wow! Wow! So I have the same exact answer. Yeah. Oh, but I can't. But based on based on the descriptions of the movies, I may want to marry a Cinderella story at this point. Are you just rooting maybe? for those two kids. <laughs> those two crazy kids. To get it together. Okay, sneakers, however, had an eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Eighty. Eighty. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Roger. That to be better. Okay. Uh, what do you think? I mean, there's some heavy hitters in this movie. Yeah. I think Rog- he gives it a three out of four. Raj was not loving this one. Oh no. Not not a fan. Roger said it's a sometimes entertaining movie. But thin, two and a half out of four. Mm. Raj mm. had higher hopes for this movie, I think. Well, listen, the the number of like Academy Award nominations among this cast, I, I could I could understand how you might. I gotta tell you, I think Raj, I think Raj is wrong on this one. There was another movie where he was dead wrong. That we, um, I think it was a few good men. That he gave two and a half stars or something. And I, I don't know. I just think Roger may be off his game in 1992. That's all I'm saying. Mm. He's 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 missing on a couple of big movies here, I think. so. Interesting. Uh, Rita Kempley had a review of this movie. Did she? She said it's a Twinkie for techies. An enormously entertaining time waster. I just love her backhanded comments. It's like, I mean, is I guess every movie isn't a time waster. Something some movies teach you things, a and I love that this is a Twinkie for techies. I love it because that. I, I mean, I'm watching this still being like techies are like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> They're not being like, ooh. What's happening? He's got to move at three inches per second. Like, what What are we doing here? 
Yeah, no. Yeah, no, that was actually pointed out, I think, on on like the bloopers on IMDb. They mentioned something about the body temperature thing. Yeah. To to circumvent the thermal security sensors, the temperature in Cosimo's office is raised at 98.6 to match the normal internal body temperature. Coming from a normal room temperature environment, Bishop's exposed skin would have been only about 91 to 94, and his clothing even cooler, about 85 to 80 to 89 degrees. This may have been enough of a difference to set off the alarm. The office should not have been warmed anything higher than 90. Oh, wow. Maybe the tech nerds did like this movie, Greg. I mean, and come on, tech on nerds. And being upset about it. Tech nerds, it's a movie. Have some fun. Come oh, on. here's another one. In the opening scene set in 1969, the display terminal is clearly showing IBM VGA 40 column text. The IBM VGA standard was not developed until 1987. Somebody Burn. somebody take Neil deGrasse Tyson's phone away from him. He's he's getting crazy. <laughs> yes. How did this movie do at the Oscars? Betsy, this movie had no wins at the Oscars and no nominations. No nominations. How's that possible? Impossible, I say. Impossible. However, it did have an award nomination at the Image Awards. What's <laughs> the Image Awards? Is that the NAACP? Oh, that's the NAACP Awards. So, Betsy. Yes. What? Yeah. What uh, award was this nominated for at the NAACP Image Awards? I'm guessing the award for the black actor in the movie. You are correct. Because when be... Sidney Poitier is in something, you nominate him. That would be best actor Sidney Poitier. Yes. Congratulations. That was the only award <laughs> this was nominated for. So got it. That's what we got had it. to go with. Not a whole lot of suspense on who was the nominee there. The world isn't run by weapons anymore, or energy, or money. It's run by little ones and zeros, little bits of data. It's all just electrons. I don't care. I don't expect other people to understand this, but I do expect you to understand this. We started this journey together. It wasn't a journey, Cos. It was a prank. There's a war out there, old friend. A world war. And it's not about who's got the most bullets. It's about who controls the information. What we see and hear, how we work, what we think. It's all about the information. Let's talk about the lasting legacy of this movie. You know what? We haven't had a chance to talk about technology yet. Twinkie Hmm. for techies. Twinkie for techies. Um, Um, Yeah, I mean, we're at the, we're at the, 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 the cusp. Right. Um, yeah. A lot. So, so we're in the early 90s. Yeah. The internet exists, but it's certainly like it's not prevalent. It's much more it's much more government. Right. Than it's it not is prevalent in people's households. Personal yeah. computers are starting to increase in people's households. Yes. Right, gaming, gaming of some variety. Right, gaming is definitely in full. Okay, so yeah, so gaming consoles are in full swing at this point. As a matter of fact, I think the Super Nintendo comes out in 1992, right? So you've had like a full cycle of like Nintendo consoles being sold and Sega Mm -hmm. consoles and stuff. Mm -hmm. But the personal computer is now starting to go out uh, pretty heavily. 
And then in a couple of years, we're going to see massive internet usage start to spike. There are parts of this movie, in retrospect, 30 years later, that feel kind of like a fantasy in the early 90s. You know, like things that things that we do now that people in the early 90s could would never be able to imagine. Now we look back 30 years later and these things seem kind of quaint. You know, like these technologies that these guys are dealing with. I will say I did have to explain what a landline was. Right. To my child during this film. It just, it, it is shocking to me the rate of technological growth just over the span of 30 years. Mm -hmm. Just just Mm -hmm. shocking. I don't even know that I have a question. I'm just shocked at like how far (laughs) we've come from this movie to where we are now. I'm watching these scenes and being like, was this supposed, did this like blow my mind when I was however old, when I was 17 years old watching this movie? Mm-hmm. Just be like, what? Right. Like, how do you hack into people's bank accounts? Like that, I mean, it, it can't what? be, it can't be understated just how, like, how much of just a science fiction that would be, you know? Mm-hmm. There's also an interesting mix of tech and practical effects mm-hmm. happening here, right? Like you look at uh, you look at Carl sneaking into the building, right? He's just he's going into the building, he's getting up in the building, he's up on the ductwork, and then oh, there's somebody else out. Oh, he's outside. There he is. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going back and checking the camera to see that he does or doesn't walk out of the bathroom, mm-hmm. right? So that that sort of mixture of practical sneakiness and technological sneakiness because it's a boring movie if someone's just sitting behind a keyboard the whole time right doing whatever they're doing so the meme of this movie is going to be the ben kingsley speech right Mm -hmm. like to robert redford at the end of the movie where he's like it's it's all about information it's not about like monies and money and governments and all of that stuff. It's about who controls right. the information. That's going to be the right. person that's most powerful. And that's the that's the prophetic message of the movie, right? Like that's the piece right. that's like a billion percent true when you've got the Peter Thiels and the Elon Musks and the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world, guys that are libertarian to the point of probably fascist, right? but also staunch capitalists who are just like, okay, I don't care what the ramifications of any of this is as long as I make money and as long as I get to call the shots of how things work. Yeah. It's like, I mean, what kind of world are we setting up? I just, I just wonder, are we even capable like as a human species of having an ethical approach to digital technology because the people that are making these things are tend to be sociopaths, you know. Is this stuff going to destroy us as a species? This uh, our rate of technological growth and the fact that we just can't keep up with it. Well, the fact that we're not regulating it, yeah, is a problem. Well, we're regulating it. We're regulating it with laws that we made for radio. You know, yeah, <laughs> back in the thirties, which that doesn't work. No, it turns out there's a lot of there's a lot of space for digital guys to operate in when you're talking about 
radio ethics applied to digital technology. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there's yeah. so much money. I mean, listen, Google gives just as much money to one side of the aisle as they do to the other. So there's no, sure. there's no like uh, reason for anyone, anyone elected to do anything about that. And so right. I don't know. It just seems like, it just seems like we have opened ourselves up to say, you know what, well, if this is convenient, then we'll use it. Um, but that convenience comes with the cost of freedom, security, privacy, all of the stuff that you say that you could probably value as a citizen of a country. And no one's no one's watching out for you, right? Like no. <laughs> you're at the whim of whoever's in charge of these companies yeah for sure just seems really dangerous just really absolutely yeah absolutely yeah um yeah i mean this this movie hits it hits pretty close i mean you've got a strike going on right now about some of the uh, around some of the issues that this movie talks about which is like you know it's ones and zeros and Maybe we don't need Robert Redford. Maybe we just need a computer program that looks like Robert Redford to make movies mm-hmm. you know, going mm-hmm. forward. And I don't know. It just seems like um, it seems like there's there's a lot of ethics and more morals that probably need to be in play that just don't aren't part of the conversation right now. I guess. There we go. Technology. Technology, yay! Making the it's world only a going place. to become more of a menace. Well, but that's the thing too, because you're also talking about this in a movie where who is now? You know, we've come, we've come full circle on the Russia issue, right? Right. So there's all this stuff about oh, Russia, they're the big baddie, and now there's been this, you know, perestroika and this healing in the relationship, and so this movie is making all these comments. You kind of right. forget about that because it's all the upfront stuff. Right. In this movie. And you then start to get this hint because I've forgotten about all of that. That oh, oh, they're actually trying to help us. Yeah. Oh, he's actually trying. Oh, no, you should trust him. No, no, don't get out of the car. And then yeah, there you are. So I mean, that's the thing that I don't think like people appreciate how very, very different Gorbachev's Russia in the early 90s was from Yeltsin's Russia in like the late 90s. It's just so, so different. different. It's just crazy. And then, of course, Putin's Russia is like a whole other monster. But like... Because they're they're saying, you know, oh, we're going from this very defined enemy to an enemy that is far more nebulous. Yeah, you don't know who you're dealing with here, right? Right, is the message, and we still don't know who we're dealing with. Right? Yeah. I mean, listen. If there's ever been uh, something that's existed in society that the scripture, you know, "Be wise as serpents and innocent as doves," kind of applies oh. to, it's like it's technology. Like you've got to keep one eye on who's benefiting from this as you're looking at pictures of your grandchildren from across the country. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it is such a double-edged sword. It's crazy. Um, okay. We'll get away from technology for a while, but I'm just, I'm just fascinated by how far we've come in 30 years. It's just amazing. 
It's true. Uh, who is this movie for, Betsy? For tech nerds. For techies. I mean, I answer boomers also. <laughs> Show, because that's some of what we're just well, they the are the heroes making movies. They are. Mm-hmm. And I think this is also because we've got the kind of 60s radical angle mm-hmm. involved here, that that's a part of this as well. To think mm-hmm. about that, that angle here. Yeah, I said it's for uh, it's for church youth groups. It's a great youth group movie. It's a, it's a great a, youth group movie. You need a youth group movie, a uh, movie to watch with your youth group. Go ahead and watch this one. Um, what is your rating for this movie out of five? I'm going to give it a four. Oh wow! Another four. So between a below singles, okay, but above a few. <laughs> <laughs> this a few good men slander is real. <laughs> sorry, Greg. <laughs> I know. All I'm right. sorry for you. Another sorry four. You. What about you? Um, oddly enough, I gave it a four as well. Oh. So, but you yeah. don't have as many fours as I do. And hey, yeah, and I have a few good men as my as my number one four. <laughs> so Yes. So it's much higher on my list than yours. Uh, I said four out of five. This is straight down the middle entertainment, but it's done so incredibly well. So that's what bumps it from a three to a four, I think. Uh, why did I nominate this? This was why? a me- this was a Greg pick. Even though I feel like I would have picked it too. Yeah, why I, think did you I, pick it? I think I may have just jumped in ahead of you on this one. I think you did. Uh, okay, so why did I pick this? Well, one reason why I picked it is so that we could nominate River Phoenix for the Hall of Fame. So that's, that's part of it. Part of um, we gotta get it. Let's get him in. Yeah, that's right. We got, well, we've got to at least nominate him. I can't go, you know, through my own private Idaho and this year without nominating River Phoenix. So that would be crazy. Sure. Well, and did you, I was looking up something and they were saying, you know, why did River Phoenix take this movie? Right? Like, it's not a very big part, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he was on his way to doing all these other big films. Like, this felt like he didn't get a ton of screen. Like, I was actually surprised. I didn't remember how little screen time he gets. Evidently, yeah. he was so into his character in My Own Private Idaho. He was so method or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was so into the psyche of that character that he needed a break. Oh, so he needed so something the, light. Yes. Oh, so nice. that's why he took this movie. I love it. It sounds it like, you, you know what? You could have said, you could have told that story about River. You could have sto- told that story about Joaquin. I would have believed yeah. either one. <laughs> either yep. one of them. Yep. Yep. But it's also like when I think about movies from the early 90s that I like, this is one of those movies. Like, Listen, sometimes there's not a good reason. Sometimes it's just because I like we like a movie. That's why we nominate it. I like this movie. So it made it to the list. So that's that's pretty much it. Uh, what did Emily say about this movie? Oh, let me pull it up. Thoughts on the movie Sneakers. Mm-hmm. My voice is my passport. This is her first response. <laughs> I can't hear the word passport without thinking about this movie. Love, love, love River Phoenix. <laughs> Uh-huh. I think about listening out for noises if I'm ever locked in my truck. <laughs> I've never thought of this movie as giving you practical advice. 
But yeah, pay attention to what you hear. Pay attention to what you hear. <laughs> when you're stuck in a trunk. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, right. Oh, what? Uh, wait, what did Billy Crystal say about this movie? He didn't say anything about this movie. He I didn't guarantee. say anything <laughs> about it. That's too bad. There you go. The Billy Crystal bit is really falling apart as we get into I feel like it's going to come back with our final film. (laughs) Well, I think you're right, because that's it. Sneakers in the books. We're done. Next up, we're going to the world of Clint Eastwood. (sighs) What people thought would be his last movie at the time. Right. Little did they know, 30 years later. One take Clint would still be going. Uh, we are seeing his uh, genre-defining Western epic, Unforgiven, next time. Right. Oh, uh, oh, I should also say Unforgiven, best picture winner of 1992, Unforgiven. Spoiler. Spoiler. Uh, Spoiler. Betsy, oh, yeah. yeah. thank you for hacking into people's bank accounts with me. Hey. Uh, sure. Can you go uh, pick up a pizza for us? But just promise me that you'll let me know if there are any cops outside when you. Uh... I will let you know. Okay. For sure. Gotcha. Okay. You're not going right. to just abandon me, right? Like, a... Nope, 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 nope. Right. I'll be back. Right. I'll be back. I totally Bye. trust you. I totally, totally trust, trust you. Me. Bye. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time. Bye.